Welcome to the manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm James. And you know what really just irritates me? Um, sand in your underwear? You know what two things really <laughs> irritate me? <laughs> uh, well, now we know what the first one is. What's the second? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was wondering if we're doing a Monty Python thing for a second. <laughs> two things, three things irritate me. <laughs> sand in my underwear. People in general. And... <laughs> <laughs> no, we we try to keep up with these episodes a bit in advance because you know we have to edit and and do the engineering types of things and yeah. you know so we, it's not like we record these just a day or two in advance. Sometimes even months. Yeah. So at Christmas and Halloween time, of course, when we're talking about our holiday things, by the time all the episodes have been recorded, I've found new things I want to do for that season. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'm sure there will be a few more, but. Real quick, before we get into the big thing, uh, I found, so uh, there's a, I'll start here. The author, Christopher Moore, who (laughs) has one of the most hilarious books ever written, um, Lamb, the story of the the gospel according to Biff, Christ's childhood friend, is- I've heard of that. It it is one of the most awesomely blasphemous books you could ever, ever read. And I I read it occasionally at Easter, Uh, but the same author, has a book called The Stupidest Angel, which is a heartwarming tale of Christmas terror. <laughs> and, and it takes place at Christmas. So it's kind of like our Christmas ghost stories, but it's a full novel by a, a modern author. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I thought I'd read it again. It's been a few years. I, you know, I don't read more all that much, even if he is a really good author, maybe even my top, definitely my top 20, if not top 10. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm going to, I started it today. I'm only 10% done, but it's, Nope, 5% done. <laughs> but, but it's good. I found a movie on Prime. It could be uh, BritBox, because I have both BritBox and Prime together. Uh-huh. But it's called Mr. Corbett's Ghost from 1987. And Sounds the synopsis familiar. is, yeah, uh, he has a, uh, Mr. Corbett's a cruel employer to Ben Partridge one night just before Christmas. So it's a Christmas horror ghost story. Mm-hmm. Um, ben is sent out to deliver some medicine along the way he wishes his master were dead little knowing that the man he's delivering it to is the collector of souls ah. and it's uh I, i've got it I've, I've only went through like the initial credits but that way it's booted up and i'm gonna watch it before crimbo time and it, it actually mad tom is played by burgess meredith oh cool so you know i'm kind of looking forward to that yeah and uh, otherwise, I was just going to mention that some day, some years I read Dickens. Mm-hmm. Some years I listen to the Audible version as read by Tim Curry. Ooh, and I bet Tim, that's good. It is. Tim Curry does <laughs> such a good job when he does Fezziwig and Scrooge. He does the different voices, and it's it's good. <laughs> nice. Uh, since I was listening to it. I always every year want to make a smoking bishop because they mention that at the end. You know, come on, Bob, we'll sit down over a cup of smoking bishop and discuss your future or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, I've actually not quite got to stave five yet. I just started stay four. <laughs> uh, but I always want to make one. I look up the recipe every year and I'm like, I'm not buying poor. I'm not buying a bottle of wine. So this year, tonight, my drink is my own concoction and I, I bought Christmas teas. I've got a gingerbread tea, and the other day I bought a Christmas 
tree, a uh, tree, Christmas tea, which is that be a tea tree? It'd be a tea tree, <laughs> like the oil. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's got cinnamon and clove for that Christmas feel. Uh, but then I added a few dashes of orange bitters and a couple shots of Jameson cold brew. Nice. <laughs> and it is, it is quite delicious. Nice. And I call it a smoking Kringle. <laughs> <sighs> so I was thinking of going with smoking Druid to kind of keep the whole, because there's a smoking Bishop, a smoking Pope, a smoking priest, you know, like, yeah, uh, no, I, you know, I'm not making a political stance here. I like smoking Kringle. Well, it's St. Nicholas. Right. See? So you've got a smoking St. Nicholas. I have ho, ho, ho. ho. <laughs> 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 uh, that's actually drink because we hearken back to the one where we did Neil Gaiman's Nicholas that's once. That's true. Mm. And speaking of drinks, what are you having? I am, uh, and you know, I, I'm, I'm actually not sure how to pronounce the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I guess I've always in my head, I've pronounced it St. Uh, Bernardus or, or St. Saint, Saint Bernardus, I guess. I don't know. I've always done Bernard. I've said St. Bernardus in my head. Yeah, yeah St. Bernardus would, I, would make more sense. I didn't even realize St. Bernard, <laughs> 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 you know, so I guess that was, it's probably St. Bernardus is probably the correct way to pronounce it. I've just never heard. Bernardus, I've I've always just heard Bernard, um, but uh, they're uh, they're uh, so it's an Abbey ale, and uh, that's their Christmas ale, is is what I'm having, um, kind of appropriate for the day this episode comes out, which would be Christmas Day this year. Yeah. <laughs> See, as as holy as Jody and I are, and as much <laughs> as we love religion, we're still putting out a Christmas episode. Yes. <laughs> Yes, we are. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go further with that because uh, there's just no need to. <laughs> no. Um, so what? Um, before I smack my cat for this pause on my computer, uh, <laughs> what? Oh, um, I would say that I also usually get that every year. I know uh, you're drinking it tonight because we're going to release this on Christmas Day. But yes, that is my. That is my stocking stuffer to myself every year, so I technically won't even have it really until the twenty fifth. But <laughs> yep, I actually usually drink it that day. <laughs> yeah, if if I do manage to go back to one of the liquor stores where I have seen this, I may pick up another bottle of it just to have it for Christmas Day. But I've got other stuff Christmas wise for for Christmas Day, so I don't I don't know that yeah. I will and. You know, and we were we were talking before we started uh, started the episode. I I don't know that I'm going to go back looking for Christmas beers because the ones I want apparently never even got ordered where I live. So, um, I would like to say a big fuck you to all the liquor stores in Huntsville, Alabama this year. Just 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 to you know, because <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Yeah. Oh, we got 50 million types of IPA, but we can't order this stuff from Samuel Smith. Really? Because <laughs> you can. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I'm not looking at, you know, four packs of Samuel Smith sitting on the shelf. It's just not the holiday one. So, fuck you. Yeah, or again, like you've mentioned either while we recorded to me that 
they don't order enough and the few beer nerds in your area go out and suck it all down. Oh, that's true too. Yeah. I, I you know, but the, the one place I went that, that gets in a lot of, I mean, that's, that's the place I got the St. Bernardus. Um, you know, so obviously they get, they, they get a decent amount of imports and they've got Samuel Smith, but no, they didn't get the winter welcome. Really? Yeah. I even have a hard time sometimes finding it here uh, in Indiana and they, they get it all over. I did find some, yeah. but it, it took a bit of time. So anyway, um, that's my little rant. <laughs> this is supposed to be a happy episode. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> I, I will be by the time I finish this beer, it's 10%. <laughs> nice. Hell, that whole beer probably beats my two shots I put in of Jameson. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, let's see. I know it's Christmas Day, but it will be the last episode of the year because the next episode will be on the first. So come out the first, right? Um, I think so. So yeah, yeah, yep, last the, episode be, of the year. yeah, because thirty-two is seven from twenty-five, and New Year's Day would be December thirty-second. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my own method of working out weeks between holidays, but it re would require me to say my birthday and I'm not going to. So I'll ah, tell yeah. you later. <laughs> <laughs> I, but no, I mean, that's, that's the easiest one to remember because it is exactly seven days after Christmas. Yep. Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve Are, or um, Christmas yeah. Day and New Year's Day. Yeah. 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 yeah they're, each of those is a week apart. So yeah, you could look at Christmas Day, New Year's Day, Ovis's birthday. One week apart each. True. And then, of course, Jimmy Page is the day after Elvis, so you know you got that right there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Getting back to the jocularity. <laughs> so, what, what are we talking about? What do we always talk about on the last episode of the year? Um, do you want to do that now, or did you want to do your Christmas things? I did. Those were my Christmas oh, things. Oh, those were your Christmas things? Those were my oh, Christmas. Well, well, then you're done. <laughs> I told you it wasn't much. <laughs> okay. I was expecting something else. Uh, something nobody, more grand. I don't know. <laughs> nobody expects the... Never mind. <laughs> nobody expects oh, anything well, grand from James. <laughs> well, well, in that case, in keeping up with our, um, our, our annual last episode of the year, Christmas episode, in 1972... A young Stephen Percy Harris, 10 months after picking up his first bass guitar uh, and learning how to play it, forms a band called Influence. After just one gig, he changes the name to Gypsy's Kiss, and then the band doesn't last long after that. So sometime in 1974, he moves on and joins a band called Smiler. Uh, Smiler mostly plays covers of songs by uh, Free and Wishbone Ash. Um, although uh, those are more bluesy than the type of music Harris is interested in playing, he sees it as an opportunity to become a better musician. While in the band, he meets a drummer named Doug Sampson and a singer named Dennis Wilcock. In 1975, Steve Harris leaves Smiler. Although still largely a cover band, they had been introducing some original songs. While they did play a couple that Harris had written, they soon started rejecting his songs because they said, according to Harris, there's too many time changes in it. It's, it's too complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's why we went to the metric system. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Steve Harris realizes he's going to have to form his own band. So in late 1975, using contacts he had established playing with Smiler in London's East End, Harris officially forms his new band on Christmas Day, 1975. Ooh, 45 years ago. Today. Yes. Influenced partially by the movie The Man in the Iron Mask, the name of the band Iron Butterfly, and just because he thought the name fit well with the music he was writing, he names the new band Iron Maiden. Excellent! <laughs> uh, the first lineup was Steve Harris on bass, Dave Sullivan and Terry Rance on dual guitars, Ron Rebel Matthews on drums, and Paul Day on vocals. And didn't, didn't you have something on Paul Day? I do. I, I have a few things that go okay. with all of those, actually. Okay. Um, because, but I was going through and marking off all the things you said. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, there's the Man in the Iron Mask by Alexander Dumas. Yeah. And you talked about, um, well, let's see. No, no, that's, so we're just going to talk about formation, right? So, you yeah. know, months after rehearsal, they made their debut at St. Nick's Hall. <laughs> ah, <laughs> Although it was in May, 76. Yeah. And then they took up semi-residency at the Carton Horses Pub. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that because that is a fucking kick-ass name of a pub. Oh, yeah, I thought so, too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from a Nwabumcom interview with Def Barton, Steve Harris on the name, he said, I'm not going to imitate Steve. <laughs> Did you ever see the film The Man in the Iron Mask? Well, I saw it on television, and that's where the name first occurred to me. Although, strictly speaking, I believe an actual Iron Maiden is an altogether more vicious torture device. You know, it's a metal case with these nails set inside of it, and you fasten it over somebody's head, and they get kind of spiked. Very unpleasant. Yes. <laughs> but, but, a, but a hell of a good name for a heavy metal band all the same, as long as you don't think about the unfortunate Margaret Thatcher connection. <laughs> which we'll talk about on future episodes. <laughs> uh, Maggie. <laughs> and then you mentioned that, yeah, just months after getting his first base, he joined, but, uh, the, 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 pfft, never mind. Uh, there. Oh yeah. So they did play the cart and horses pub with gypsies kiss. Yeah. Which, you know, so they, that, that's where Jody said with his contacts. Mm-hmm and stuff and then that's where they talk about not playing the material because you know they kind of lost interest because it is too hard mm -hmm. and so, uh, no i don't want to read that i have something on paul you're right let's go down here i do because <laughs> yeah, well you got that got that got that you said <laughs> ah they also talked about how he landed his gig as maidens for singer mm -hmm. it's hard to remember the details Especially when you accidentally hit the page down. <laughs> See, that's why I only have the one page. If <laughs> <laughs> you hit page down, the notes go away. That's right. <laughs> Ta-da! It's magic. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, day, uh, day talked to almost a Dave because, you know, Dave Murray. Yeah. Uh, but Dave talked about how he landed the gig. It's hard to remember the details, but I remember Steve being the bass player, playing in a band at the Bridge House in Camden, it was Gypsy's Kiss. I knew the guitar player because he was maybe one year above me at school, but never knew him to talk to. I knew Steve, and I thought, he's bloody good. I heard he was only playing for three years, and I thought, he's bloody amazing. <laughs> that was forgotten. I was working as a motorcycle mechanic in East London, 
I was outside the workshop and I saw Steve Harris and a group of guys walking past the workshop. I never really was in a band. I just worked with guitar players in bedrooms. That, that sounds completely different because he goes on to say sort of learning and experimenting because I wasn't really a singer. I just realized what that sounds like. <laughs> Read it out loud. Uh, uh, huh? Anyway, but because to say, I just felt I could sing. So I said to the group of people, and I focused on Steve because I've seen him before, I think I'm a singer. Can I join your band? He went, no. <laughs> I, I went, okay, no problem. I went back to work a few days, maybe a week or two later. Steve says, I couldn't say anything because the singer was with me in the band. <laughs> I don't know who it was. And he says, yeah, I'm interested. Do you want to come and have a blow? Which, of course, means try out, not the drugs or, you know, naughty. <laughs> Hanging out in the bedrooms of guitar players. <laughs> which could still be drugs <laughs> could be could be jimmy <laughs> so i did they liked me and straight away i was singing some of steve's songs he wrote some songs before the iron maiden period they were in the old band i sang and he wanted me to stay i seemed to fit and then we started rehearsing then all the songs were being written and i was singing his songs so. Yeah, um, which actually uh, uh, brings me to the next paragraph I have. <laughs> cool. I, so I don't, I don't think Steve has ever not used an idea he had. <laughs> <laughs> Be, because I mean, I mean um, because the songs that he was starting to write when he was in Smiler are songs that wound up being recorded by Iron Maiden uh, to uh, in the uh, Mick Walls. Iron Maiden biography, Run to the Hills, um, he points out that two of the songs that Steve wrote for Smiler, while he was in Smiler, were Burning Ambition, uh, which would later become the B-side to Iron Maiden's first single, uh, Running Free, and is also a rewrite of the Montrose song, I've Got the Fire, which itself would be covered twice by Maiden, um, and uh, a live recording uh, from their club days. And then they re would record I've Got the Fire later as a B-side to uh, da, 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 uh, Flight of Icarus. Yeah, that's it. Oh, nice. It, when you listen to the lyrics of Burning Ambition, it's, and, and you know, if you know the lyrics, to, if, if, you, if you listen to lyrics to both songs, you see very distinctly that they're pretty much the same song. <laughs> 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 Musically different, but lyrically, you know, Steve changed the words, but it's, the same story pretty much um but I, it, you know it's it's a it's a good fun song um another one that was uh written during and i think played by smiler uh during that time was uh an early version of the song innocent exile which would wind up on maiden's second album killers um and and in fact these songs that paul day was talking about that steve was writing you know when they when he first formed iron maiden a lot of those, I, I'm going to say probably, probably all of those wound up being recorded because I know uh, it, it was mentioned in the book that Wrathchild, Transylvania, and the eponymous song Iron Maiden were all written in that time frame. Um, and I think probably Phantom of the Opera was written around that time. So, um, and, and Phantom of the Opera, I know, has a lot of different time changes in it. So that that may have been the one that they were referencing 
back in the smiler thing if there's too many time changes in it. <laughs> Would not surprise me. Um, so yeah, I, you know, a lot of the a lot of the early recorded Maiden stuff from the first couple albums was probably written around that time. Then you should never get rid of it. Always record no, it. Yeah, yeah, and and see, and that was the thing. They, you know, it formed Maiden in '75. First, you know, first gig was in May of '76. They didn't get signed until '79, so they had like three years to develop that material for those first two albums. So yeah, well, the demo was released like New Year's '79, uh, right? I think it was, it was it was released. Um, yeah, because I'm trying to remember exactly. Yeah, because Soundhouse tapes came out in '79. It was recorded over New Year's Eve '78, so it 70, came out in '79. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, because they got cheap. That's right. They got cheap uh, studio time because nobody wanted to record over New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they didn't have enough money to mix the tape right then. And um, what they were, what they wound up with was the cassette dub they had made because the studio erased the master. <laughs> we paid you motherfuckers. <laughs> we... <laughs> yeah, but they didn't pay them all of it. So yeah, anyway, uh, you know, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a couple of years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Not you know, necessarily with us, just in, right. in, in the past. In, it's in, a couple of years from now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, <laughs> I'll look that up yesterday. <laughs> I almost spit. I was taking a drink of my smoking Kringle, you bastard. <laughs> that, was, that was something we said before we actually started recording the episode. <laughs> something that I started to say and caught myself at the last second. Um, so, so speaking of time, future Iron Maiden crew members, Dave Lights and Vic Vela, um, who uh, were part of the road crew and management and all that, um, they also hooked up with the band uh, around this point, um, you know, in, in the early days as they formed uh, uh, Dave Lights. And I, I, his his real name was not Lights. I couldn't, I, I know it was in that section I had got this information out of the book and I, for some reason, couldn't find it when I was looking for it. Anyway, he uh, he had offered him a, a, some space for rehearsal, and then he he wound up working as part of their road crew. Um, and Vic Vela, I don't remember exactly how he got involved, but he, um, he, like I said, he wound up being part of the road crew and like you know stage manager and that kind of stuff too. So, um, and in in fact, uh, around 1989, 1990, something like that, maybe ninety two, um, somewhere in that, I'd say, I think I think it was either No Prayer for the Dying or uh, Fear of the Dark. Um, one of the B sides was a song called "Roll Over Vic Roll Vela." Roll over Vic Vela. Yep. Yeah, Fear of the Dark. It was, yeah, it's it was <laughs> a um, it, it was "Roll Over Roll Over Beethoven" by Chuck Berry, but Bruce Dickinson rewrote the lyrics because Vic was still involved with the band, you know, in 1992. <laughs> and I think he didn't. Vic didn't retire until, well, I don't know, it may have been around that time. Sometime in the 90s or early 2000s was when he finally retired from working with the band. So, um, but anyway, this this first lineup of Maiden wouldn't last long. Um, eventually, former Smiler members Doug Sampson and Dennis Wilcock, which is why I mentioned them. That's, yeah, I, I, I had that's one of the notes. I said, "Oh, because I yeah. knew you were going to." <laughs> um, they they actually they would wind up joining the band uh, for a while. Uh, but it would not. It, but it would be the uh, 1976 hiring of guitarist Dave Murray that would really start the ball rolling. And we'll get more into that later. But. Yeah, yeah. But let's just say that Terry Rance and Dave Sullivan they 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 worked that out just fine. 
Yes. <laughs> uh huh. And you know, poor Paul Day. Maybe he wasn't a singer. He had no stage presence. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the thing that they said that, that Paul was had a great voice, but yeah, he had no stage presence. He was just you know he didn't really have much energy or anything. You know, it was just you know great voice, but you know you want to put on a show, and I guess he didn't. So. That's right, and especially when you're in. Well, here I got a quote from, from uh, Steve. Yeah, you know, think we're just naturally fast artists because of the adrenaline. It's not like we sat down and said, "Oh, we're going to play fast." You start with the adrenaline and get on stage, and it gets even faster than when you recorded it. Yes. And you know, if you don't have the energy. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's, I mean, even in the studio, you're going to have to have something. But man, on stage with Maiden, I I know we've talked about that that when we see him live like that is not slower or the same speed as the album version that is no yeah. which actually um well no i won't get into that 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 actually played into some stuff later on in the band <laughs> <laughs> i mean way way later on it's, uh, yeah but anyway yeah um so yeah christmas day 1975 45 years ago today steve harris forms iron maiden Woo! Maiden! Yeah! Would you like to know what else happened in 1975? Yes. Yes. What else happened in 1975? Because, you know, what the hell? This <laughs> <laughs> on occasion. We talk about the bands that we've already discussed in the yeah. podcast and what's going on. So, as of December 25th, 1975, mm -hmm. so I, I kind of looked up 75, you know. As, yeah. Uh, but the sweet. Their third album, and my definite favorite, Desolation Boulevard, had been released the previous year in 74. Mm -hmm. Zeppelin's sixth album, Physical Graffiti, came out earlier in 75. Yes. Quite His, possibly their best album. Not my favorite, but possibly their, their best. Yeah. And by the way, my favorite album might be a surprise to people. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and I, I will say this, because we've talked about doing an episode about this kind of stuff. Best is subjective. Yes. Because it, it's it's subject to the individual's tastes and opinion and all that. So, um, but yeah. I, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You could you could take the conglomerate of everybody's opinions and and maybe you know. But yeah. Right. But uh, Kisses' third album, Dressed to Kill, was earlier this year. Uh, and Alive would have come out in September. Their yeah. first live album. So, and that's when. That that would have been the first album of Kisses to really chart would have been alive. Yeah, the album they needed to have <laughs> yes. something. Yeah. So 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 funny story about that. Um, before Alive came out, Kiss was. I, I mean, they were getting a, they were getting a good concert draw every time, um, but their albums weren't selling. So <laughs> so so uh, I guess around the time Alive came out, but I guess before it really took off, somebody was interviewing Paul Stanley, and they said, "So how does it feel to be rich and famous?" He goes, "Well, I can tell you how it feels to be famous, because <laughs> they weren't making money." <laughs> Poor guys. Yeah, yeah, but it turned out okay for them. Yeah, yeah, they did all right. Oh, and and since you mentioned Kiss, um, Dennis Wilcock from Smiler and Iron Maiden was a huge Kiss fan and brought a lot of theatrics to both bands. And he actually was uh, part of the reason why Iron Maiden started doing some of the theatrical stuff they, they are known for uh, years later. So cool. al although the stuff he was doing 
was derived a lot from Kiss. That's the kind of stuff Maiden didn't do after he was gone from the band. But <laughs> uh, yeah, he was the one that brought a lot of theatrics to what they were doing. So cool. Uh, since, since you said that, I, I actually had something earlier and I forgot uh, about the uh, Cardin Horses in Stratford where they were playing. Oh, yeah. It's still technically open. They're closed right now. According to their website, they're doing refurbishments, but they okay. were still tweeting as of September 2020, and they said they'd open again in 2021. Nice. So, anyway. I, I think, um, okay, so there's there's a, and I don't remember when they started doing this. It was in the early 2000s. Um, Iron Maiden's been doing a series of, of DVD sets, and the first one they did was called The Early Days. And it was um, it was uh, from the formation of the band up through uh, the Peace of Mind tour in '83, and they they interviewed a lot of these guys that had been in the band, um, like Paul Day and and uh, uh, Ron Rebel Matthews, and and uh, I think they they did talk to Sullivan and Rance, and you know, um, and uh, and Steve, and I think Steve, I. I don't know if Steve was at at the cart and horse or if it was some of the other guys that were at the cart and horse, but I think some of the interviews took place at the cart and horse. I could be wrong because it's been a while since I've watched it, but I, I want to say that I think some of them were actually done there. Cool. So um, that, okay. So go out and buy that if, if you want to see it. Um, But it, it is, I, I have seen it up on YouTube. I've seen parts of it up on YouTube, so I don't know, but I, I would, I would, I would really rather if you're going to go watch it, go buy it. Cause it's worth having. It really is. Cause it's got a lot of really cool footage in it. Cool. Should I go on? Yes. Okay. The purple had just released come taste the band the previous month. Mm-hmm. Black Sabbath released their sixth album sabotage earlier this year Ooh, that's a good one yeah uh we talked about jinx dawson and black uh, black uh, black satisfied about that <laughs> jinx dawson and coven but you know yes. they had released their third album blood on the snow the previous year before taking a very long hiatus <laughs> is that what they're calling that <laughs> <laughs> well they're, they're not on hiatus now they're it's it's a still coven even if it's only jinx as the original one of the original members <laughs> yeah um i i have i've heard blood on the snow it's a good album it's uh Ooh, well we, 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 aren't we going to talk about it when we get there yeah I, I was just gonna say i've heard it it's a good album okay <laughs> all right yeah i agree <laughs> uh, halloween wouldn't form for another nine years from now and it would still be another three before any member, past or present, which is kind of now all of them again, yes. uh, would even be active. Van Halen had just solidified their first main lineup with the main four, Dave Lee Roth and such, the year mm-hmm. before, and when they changed their name from Mammoth to Van Halen. Um, so uh, something quick on that. Uh, Wolfgang uh, Van Halen, Eddie's son, uh, he's getting ready to release his, his uh, first album. And have, have you heard the song? I have not. No, I, I actually okay. even have it queued up someplace, but yeah. I have not. Um, and I don't, I, I've, I've listened to it once. I don't remember what the title is, but it's, it's a tribute to Eddie. 
Um, I guess, I guess he, you know, recorded it real quick after Eddie died, but, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's very heartfelt and everything. It's a good song. It's, um, not typically my style cause it's more of like an early two thousands contemporary rock style. So not a style that I'm real big into, but it's, it's a really good song. It is. Um, but he's, he's actually calling the band, even though at the moment it's just him. Um, but he's actually calling the band mammoth wvh oh cool yeah so um, i thought cool. that was awesome that he's you know he's paying tribute to, to to his dad that way without without doing something that sounds like his dad's style of music which i i do think is great um you know he's he's got his own style and that's awesome yeah do your thing yeah so so yep so yeah van halen did that they, they were becoming the house band at a couple of la clubs so starting to get kind of big mm-hmm. uh burning witches I don't actually have all their birth dates anywhere, but none of them were born before 1990. So, you know, <laughs> they were negative 15 at this point. <laughs> so, so their parents were teenagers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yep. Uh, about the same as Lacuna. Well, no, the, the, the others aren't so bad. Nita Strauss, uh, not musically active till 2003. <laughs> she wasn't <laughs> born yet. Uh, Lacuna Coil, two members with age information that I could find were born two and three years before. So pretty much our age <laughs> i was gonna say i think christina's about our age yeah and uh as far as i can remember because i tried to go back and look the only other band we talked about motley crew would not form for another six years although mick had become active the year before 1974 yeah uh, nikki became active as a musician in 1975 this year okay uh and uh randy castillo who was their drummer for new tattoo in the year their 2000 release yes became active in 1970 so not one of the original members but the one who first you know out of all their members started earlier nice. than the rest yeah. and uh none of the others would even start for another few years um okay so i know i know you know one of the other bands that randy castillo was in oh yeah he was he was in ozzy's band but do you know where he was before ozzy's band i well i probably have it sometime <laughs> <laughs> he was in lita ford's band Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. didn't Ozzy kind of steal him? So, yeah, funny story. Ozzy stole uh, Randy Castillo from Lita Ford, and uh, Tony Iommi stole Eric Singer from Lita Ford for Black Sabbath. Or Lita. <laughs> no wonder she has trust issues. And I actually, I believe it was 1975 when the Runaways formed. Cool. So there's a Lita Ford connection there with Joan Jett and uh, Cherie Curry, uh, Sandy West, and uh, uh, Jackie Fox. Yeah, because the, cool. the, run, the Runaways debut album came out in 76, so yeah. Yep, they were active 75 to 79, and that yeah. actually goes back to with the suite, because you had mentioned Jackie Fox possibly being romantic with um, <laughs> one of the guys from the suite, yeah. Suite, but yeah, we don't <laughs> want to go into much detail because we couldn't find anything more, and she might have been underage, so you know. So, would you like to know some of the other miscellaneous 1975 things? Yes. Uh, Bill Gates and Richard McGahey formed Microsoft. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Kodak produced the first digital camera. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Huh. The Polymoog, a Moog synth, was introduced in 75. Okay. And component car speakers were created, like came out in 75. That's where they separated the woofers and tweeters to give the more bass and treble nice low-end separation wow did not know that so again one of those things where 
bands that are coming out at this time may sound a little better than bands before because they were actually recording in ways that yeah. so you could kind of do that stuff yeah a wee bit i mean it had already started to be done we all know jimmy page was panning back and forth with oh yeah guitars but you know it's yeah but anyway that's that's what i have okay um I, god I, I thought i had something else there and it just kind of uh, crawled back under a rock <laughs> uh uh nope nope gone it's gone <laughs> Damn Goodbye. It. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Janet. <laughs> oh, wait. wait what did, when did that come out? That came out in 76, didn't it? Shit. The movie? I, I think so. The movie came... Yeah, the movie came out in 76. So I think Rocky, the Rocky Horror Show, I think, premiered in 75. Uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show was 1975. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so the movie came out in 75. The movie came out this year. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Based on the 1973 stage production. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah. Nice. This would also be the 45th anniversary of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Hey, Tim Curry. <laughs> you mentioned earlier. <laughs> At the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> this this would what? be hilarious Seven- if we planned this, but it's yeah. even more hilarious that we don't. <laughs> um, okay, so 1975, Jaws came out, if I remember correctly, which okay. went on to become the biggest grossing movie of all time to that point. And production on Star Wars, I think, would have started because they were shooting for a Christmas 76 release yeah. for Star Wars. So Cool. Yeah. I was going to say sweet, but uh, that, then I'm becoming wildly repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> but it would have been funny <laughs> sweet uh, no, no I, iron maiden well moments passed oh, damn it bastard <laughs> jerk <laughs> uh, uh, thank you ladies and gentlemen we'll be here all week <laughs> <laughs> or or longer if you just go listen to past episodes <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's yeah. all i have <laughs> uh, me too me too so there it is our our end of year christmas iron maiden episode get used to it <laughs> it's, gonna, it's gonna be the yearly tradition <laughs> <laughs> something or other whether it's just a song or the beer or <laughs> yeah <laughs> or Mason or- you know, I was I was kind of hoping you were going to have that other beer drank by now. <laughs> I just found it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, I, that would have fit perfectly with with uh, you know the Iron Maiden stuff. So it would have. But we'll just have to do that one soon, and we'll just have two Iron Maiden episodes fairly close to each other. There you go. That's all I've got on that. <laughs> yes, and me as well. That's all I've got on you as well. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Thank God that's all you have on me. <laughs> <laughs> as far as you know. Shut up, you. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the Monty Python sketch? Blackmail? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sir. We don't judge. We just want the money. <laughs> 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 
uh, anyway, on that note, <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed not just this episode, but all year. Yeah. Well, with us, I mean, the year itself has kind of been a show for a lot of people. <laughs> so we hope you're healthy, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Extreme Yule. Extreme Yule, yeah, 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 Yule. <laughs> Gory, Twelfth Night from the Wild Hunt. Yeah, Yule. <laughs> You'll love this. <laughs> I don't think I will, sir. <laughs> actually, actually, I kept saying Yule, waiting for you to say Mule from you know, Homer. <laughs> Mule. <laughs> <laughs> Join the Mule Tide carol singing. Yes. <laughs> Hard to... Never mind. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'm good. <laughs> Me too. Damn, this is good smoking crinkle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same I'm gonna, for an artist. Gonna... pretty good too. <laughs> Excellent. I'm James. I'm Jody. We'll talk to you next year. <laughs> Bye. And remember, Iron Maiden's going to get you wherever you are. <laughs> <laughs>